0: The Hustle & Faith, this podcast is dedicated to helping you find your trail to a happier, healthier you by discussing topics like self-improvement, business, health and beauty, and random thoughts about life from a Christian perspective. I'm your host, Tasha Johnson. Are you enjoying The Hustle & Faith podcast? Regardless of where you listen to Hustle & Faith, if you love this show, please leave us a review at ratethispodcast.com. Forward slash hustle and faith. Again, that's great this forward slash hustle and faith. Doing so will help others to discover this show. Thanks again for your support. It is very much appreciated. So today I have the absolute pleasure of speaking with Amanda Adkins. Dr. Amanda Adkins, MD, is a board-certified internal medicine physician, health coach, and owner of Enlightenment Health and Wealth. She has a deep passion for ensuring everyone has a chance at a healthy and happy life. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and talk with you today. Absolutely. Absolutely. So why don't you tell the audience about yourself?
1: Yeah, so like you said, I'm Amanda Atkins, internal medicine physician, um, and now a health coach. And most people ask me, why are you a health coach if you're a physician? And um, like I said, I wanted to make sure people live a healthy, happy life. And in healthcare today, we just don't have that time in the exam room to actually go deeper into um, you know, what people need to actually live a healthier lifestyle. And um, my story started back as a healthy lifestyle back when I was in high school. So it's decades okay. that's going on. <laughs> yeah. <Okay>. So <clears throat> so I was an overweight, obese teenager and I weighed like one hundred and ninety nine pounds uh, my freshman year in high school. And it was just devastating to me to actually um, see that number. You know, you see yourself in the mirror, but to actually see a number on the scale um, at that young age, being a female was just kind of devastating. And um, from that point on, I just kind of started to learn for myself what I can do to make myself healthier. Um, it had initially nothing to do with being a physician because it started before I was a physician. Um, and just seeing how my um, family members um, suffered from chronic illnesses um, along their lifestyle and their journey, it just uh, kind of made me want to do something different and help others do the same.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. So you kind of brought up the difference between being a doctor and a health coach. So what motivated you to go down the doctor path then?
1: Yes. So the doctor path came because of a sixth grade health class. We started to, yeah, exactly. So shout out to the teachers out there. My husband is a teacher. You definitely change lives. Yeah. Um, so we were in a health class and we learned about the cardiovascular system and how the actual blood flowed through the body. And it was more of a hands-on type of thing. And I remember this, that the um, the uh, teacher had a, a picture of your heart, the human heart on the floor. And then the way that the uh, blood vessels, the arteries and the veins, kind of work, just in general. And we had to line up all the kids in the in the class had to line up, and we had to walk the flow of the bloodstream. Um, so the arteries, you know, flow away from the heart, and the veins come back towards the heart. And, and I just thought the human body was amazing. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I have to learn more about this. Um, and my grandfather introduced me to his cardiologist. And I was like, oh, this has to be the most amazing job ever to, you know, just to be able to talk to people and have them become healthy and just do our sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And it, it was it was just more the way that the body works than knowing about um, mm-hmm. necessarily just like helping people. Cause you know, like when we go through interviews and stuff like that for um, med school and residency, they're like, everybody wants to help people. But I was like, "But well, no, my passion came from the way that the human body actually works. And going through med school, um, I remember I tell my sister this story um, in embryo- yeah, embryo- embryology class. And it was like, you wonder how babies, you know, for the most part, come out normal because there's so many things that have to turn and switch a certain way uh, mm-hmm. for it to actually work out right for us. I, of course, you know, we always have those instances where um, uh, babies may be more with congenital um, issues. but for the majority of us, you know, it's like it goes right, and it just takes one thing, and it's just just talking, thinking about back to that, just like gets me excited again about medicine because I'm just like it's just mm-hmm. amazing how like the human body works. Um, yeah, so it started all in sixth grade.
0: <laughs> that is amazing. And by <laughs> the way, I was the complete opposite. I was like, <laughs> keep me away from that. I'm gonna go into marketing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, that, things happen for a reason I, I yes, yes. all the time all the time that that, that is, is absolutely amazing if you had the opportunity to change the healthcare system what would you do
1: oh my it it was oh goodness that's like a loaded question because I'm just like so many things that we can do Um, it
0: just, it it, would be anything in an ideal world, just like if you were to tear it down completely, which me personally, I would, but (laughs) as a consumer, you
1: know, (laughs) yes. Um, well, I guess I will go back to thinking of how, um, you know, doctoring came back in the first place. It was like, you know, you had an acute illness. You go to the doctor, if there's something going on, um, and if there's something that they can do to actually fix it, then they would. But most of the time it's like now it's more like chronic illnesses that we're dealing with. And it's more of in the actual patient's um, hands. And that that's why I do health coaching and lifestyle medicine mm-hmm. um, is because people come and they're like, oh, well, because medical technology has, you know, advanced this. I want, you know, I, just, I get emails like just run all the blood tests and I want all the imaging done. And I'm like, no, that's not how things work, you know. There is, you know, uh, a scientific way to kind of go through this. We have to actually hear and listen to what's going on in your body to know the next steps. And so um, I feel like um, in medicine now we're um, we're conditioned to say, okay, we have these 20 minutes. Here's a pill. Get out the door. I got to go to the next person. Um, And like people feel like a number um you really can't get to know a lot of people and what's going on and even though like as physicians we want to do that but we're so pressured to get in and get out get these notes done answer all these phone calls and then take care of yourself take care of your family It's, it's just like so much so I I just wish you had that personal connection like I don't know why the 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 image of little house in the prairie is coming to mind you know when the doctor <laughs> the home the home visits where the doctor comes in and you know just sees you know oh yeah. call the doctor you know you know Mary has a fever or something like that um but that's like that's what I'm thinking <laughs> like how how ideally like it it should have been and then otherwise we need to make sure that we're doing our part as the actual patient, because even though I'm a doctor, I'm a patient too, uh, to take, take care of my own body and my own health and to educate uh, what's going on. And then also to make sure that you're advocate for yourself, like um, especially being um, African-American uh, in the way that the healthcare system has treated us. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people um, don't trust the healthcare system um, or feel like um, that they're, um, they're not being heard Um, And and sometimes I think um, in the physician role that uh, that that people feel like they have to ask for extra things, even even though, like for me, I'm like, I'm not trying to blow you off. And I really tell them that I'm like, but this test is not really going to tell us what you're looking for. Um, So just to be educated that and then actually have a, a provider that you can work with, that you actually trust and understand that when they tell, you no. It's not like we don't care about you, but it's not really going to be for your benefit. So it's it's like a a team a team approach. We need to get back to the team approach. That's that's what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> gotcha. Yes. Gotcha.
1: And, and why do you feel
0: like maybe it's not necessarily um, the team approach? Why why did it first of all did it ever start off as a team approach? And if if not. Where did it like veer off course? do you know what I mean? like like never yeah. start off as a team approach, and then in the event that it did start off as a team approach, what happened? why did it veer off co- course in your opinion
1: i I think it it just came down to more of the medicine as a business, so be, because i mean medicine ha- you have to be it has to be a business because it, it, there are costs there, but um you, we, we always try to remember that the patient is at the forefront of what we do, but I think it's still driven by um, dollars, which, I mean, that's just the kind of world we live in. It, it, you know, mm-hmm. the, if there's no funding for it, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I guess I was like, I, I think it's a team. It was initially a team because, like I said, it was a family a doctor that did house calls, So if you didn't have that, you know, there that, I mean, when I think a team, that's what I think. Um, But then as medicine actually grew to where it's like um, a patriarchal type of system to where, you know, I'm the doctor, I tell you what to do. Um, But I wasn't in that system, you know, Um, I guess when I started in med school, because I was coming in as a, as a student, I was always there, you know, just trying to listen to the patient to figure out what I could do to help them. And I never looked at myself as, oh, you do it because I tell you um, to do it. And I would even tell patients, and that this now, I'm like, never do something because someone tells you to do it. You need to understand why. Um, you need to know what you're putting in your body, what's going to happen. Um, and, and I, I don't know necessarily where that came from for for me. I guess because I don't, I don't like to take medication myself, and I just don't want to do just anything. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> so, so, so maybe crazy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that, I mean, I guess that's why our some, maybe some patients would come in and with like, you know, pages of medications. And even though I would understand, you know, why they may be on certain things, I would ask them, you know, why do you take, say, metoprolol, for example? And they would, initially they would look at me like, you're the doctor, why don't you know why I take metoprolol, you know? (laughs) So I'm like, but it's important that you know why you take it. Even if I know why you take it, you don't know why you take it. It's not going to be a benefit for you. Gotcha. And then that's why most people don't, um, they're not compliant with their medication because they're like, they don't know the importance of maybe why they would take this medicine versus that one. And that one, well, maybe you don't need, if you change this, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they actually work with their doctor, um, and partner with them, so they understand, um, why they're taking, why they would should take a medicine, um, then it probably wouldn't be as as bad of a side effect, or at least you'll understand, okay, well, if I do this, I know this will happen, but if I don't do this, this worst thing would happen, you know? So, and I tell people that's what, that's what we're doing when we're kind of balancing uh, treatment, treatment options for you. Uh, We we know that everything is going to have a side effect, but is the benefit going to be better than the side effect? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So,
0: I found this to be fascinating and, and I do, I do know a couple doctors. So why mm-hmm. do you believe doctors don't receive a lot of training in nutrition? Because that to me just seems very counterintuitive. <clears throat> we know how the body works. We know you need exercise and diet mm-hmm. yet still. It, I, and again, maybe this is just speaking from personal experience with the folks that I know, not a lot of hours are dedicated to that in your, your training. So why is
1: that the case? Yeah, that's, that's an excellent question. I don't think we'll ever know (laughs) (laughs) why that was initially, but I, I do know that they're trying to change that now, but I, if I think back the medical school and the, the vigorous training that you have, it's again, trying to diagnose a a illness or a disease. So that would be the main thing Mm -hmm. uh, to do. And then of course, again, we're pushed to actually do something as the physician to actually change it. So whether it's a pill or a procedure, right? <clears throat> so that's what that's what we're sharing now in Western medicine um, and not necessarily lifestyle, which again, I think that's why, because of my own background, mm-hmm. um, that I veer towards learning about lifestyle. And I even tell patients that in, like when they do, medication studies and stuff like that earlier especially what I was learning like about diabetes did I always say you know the first step is lifestyle changes but they never told us what really to focus on and how to actually train people in lifestyle changes they'll be like yeah okay yeah they probably try that time they come to you and you just give them this pill like that that's that's how I felt um going through residency oh well you know I you're supposed to eat right and exercise. You know, that, that was, that, that was the thing that we told him, eat right exercise, what that looks like, you know, who knows? And that's um, why um, I think people, there's so much confusion out there now, why people do so many different things because they're just looking, okay, what does eat right exercise really supposed to look like? And we have, you know, anybody can put anything on the internet now and say, this is what it should look like. And so, so, so many people uh, do different things, but, um, but again, nutrition is very important. And um, like I said, I think now they're starting to put in more hours in nutrition for um, for me- uh, medical students. But I guess they're like, well, they have dietitians, so um, you can send them to a dietitian um, if you need to, which they still tell us to this day, but um they're they're still not readily available in all areas so I was just going to
0: ask you that
1: because <laughs>
0: it's it's so funny how they're like oh you could go to a dietitian or a nutritionist or all these other mm-hmm. folks but then you take a look at how insurance is set up right and many times you can't even get the referral or they just tell you okay you can only have one visit well what do you right. In one visit, when you're trying to change your lifestyle, so right. Let me ask you this, and and I don't want to get you in trouble with your 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 doctor folks, but do you <laughs> feel <laughs> that this statement is true? Like it it you make more money, like preventing, no, you make more money curing symptoms than you actually do preventing <clears throat> the issue to begin
1: with. Does that make sense? Yes. Exactly. Exactly true. Because, um, the way that, um, insurance billing works, um, if you have a certain amount of chronic illnesses that you are managing, uh, yes, you do bill higher for that. Mm-hmm. And it, it is, um, what we now call uh sick care instead of healthcare. So we yeah. get, um, yes, you, you get more reimbursement, the sicker the patient is mm-hmm. that, that is so true. Um, Disturbing that's tied together. It it, it is. It is. And I still, I still have to go back and tell patients, like all the time said, if I can help you to where you get me out of a job, like there's no, no, no longer need for me as your physician. I said, then that, that would be great for me. I will find something else to do. Um, because it's not, I'm I'm not trying to keep you sick and keep coming back in. Like I, I, when you come in and you told me that you changed all these things and you, you don't think you need to be on these medicines. Oh, excellent. Let's see what we can come off. Like that, that, that is, that is me. And I think I hear people say that it's like, oh, I read information about you or someone told me about you. And I know you don't like to prescribe medicine. So I came to you And, and initially that didn't hit me. I'm like, well, wouldn't everybody do
0: that? <laughs> no. <laughs> that that's what drew me to you to be quite honest. I I I was just like, okay, she is definitely a different type of doctor. Like she's the the standard in my opinion that you don't Yeah, you're like a unicorn. <laughs> you're a unicorn. That's what drew me to you because this is very different than I've um honestly quite frankly experienced but also uh-huh it seemed like you really do embrace more of a um balanced if you will more focused on hey let's let's see what nature's got out there first before we mm-hmm. start doing all this other nonsense where side effect is death that to right. me yeah, i know disturbing.
1: right <laughs> yes and i told you i was like you listen to the side effects on uh on the commercials that they have to list and it's like why would you take anything yes Um, but then that goes back to me like I said learning how the human body actually works I'm like it's amazing in itself I mean there's sometimes that it needs help but there's sometimes that it's like just what you you can change yourself in your everyday life that will help it heal itself yeah um so I again I guess again that just goes back to that sixth grade health class it's like this is what I was meant to do. I I can't describe it any other way. So shout
0: out to that sixth grade teacher.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Mr. Ivy. I love Mr. Ivy.
0: Shout out to Mr. (laughs) Ivy, because I I mean, we need more of you. (laughs) With so much going on in the world and in our lives, it's common to feel anxiety and stress. And when you're dealing with anxiety, you're at a higher risk of suffering from trouble sleeping. That's why I'm so happy to tell you about the Abide, Sleep, and Pray Meditation app, the number one Christian meditation app that's been proven to reduce stress, improve your sleep, and deepen your experience with the peace of Christ through biblical meditation. The Abide app really allows me the opportunity to be intentional in spending time with God. It literally places me in a position to set the tone for how I want to start my day and allows me to reward myself with the ability to get some much-needed rest. I love how engaging the narrators are and the relevant topics in making sure that the meditations allow me to experience peace. And with Abide's premium subscription services, you get ad free meditation. Plus, get early access to more content, background music customization, a sleep timer, and even a journal to record your progress. Sleep better and find peace. Download the Abide app today and boost your mental, physical, and spiritual health. Right now, I have a special offer when you subscribe, 25% off your first year when you sign up for the premium subscription, but only if you text my promo code HUSTLE to 22433. Don't wait, download Abide Sleep and Pray Meditation today and text my promo code HUSTLE to 22433 today to get 25% off. And now back to the show. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So who or what inspired you to embrace the plant-based lifestyle? And, and I'm going to be completely honest, full transparency. You are talking to a meat eater. I, I, I <laughs> Because I like both. Um, so I had to ask that question, but I also had to be honest on
1: that. <laughs> yes. So, um, again, I go back to um, just thinking all things work together for the good. And Mm -hmm. there was there's no rhyme or reason of why I stopped eating meat um, at the age of 16. So my my dad was a meat delivery truck driver, um, worked for a major meat company where we always had bacon, sausage, bologna, you know, ham, uh, hot dogs. How could I forget hot dogs? I always forget hot dogs. But that was at every single birthday. And then um, my cousin, who I'm very close to, she became a vegetarian, but she's, I love her to death, everybody loves her to death, but she's a a unique character in herself. So people didn't think much when she did it. Um, And so um, one day after, I remember this, I mean, almost so vividly, like it was, I was at home, had just came back from like a cheerleading banquet, um, and I had eaten chicken at the actual banquet and it wasn't very good. You know, back then, banquet food was horrible. And so I was like, I need to find something else to eat. And in the house, we just had some canned vegetables. Hmm. Um, and so I think it was like uh, peas and corn or so- something to the sort of that. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to see how long I can go without eating meat. And here I am at 43 and I have ate meat since. So, <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: wait, 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 wait. So. <laughs> at 16 you essentially just stopped eating meat and you're 43 now yes okay I am 40 and I don't even think I could probably last probably <laughs> two weeks without having a little like chicken or a shrimp or something
1: wow yes yes and, and it was just always like a game I would play with myself and and then eventually like I'd be like no I'm gonna, I'm not gonna do it and I was like no you know no, let's see if I can go another week. Let's see if I go another week. Is, and, and yeah. And it would be like, I would go places. Like I still had, um, like eggs, cheese, dairy, cause I was just a vegetarian. Um, but no type of meat, no fish, you know, chicken, nothing. And so this was in the nineties. So, you know, eating vegan, vegetarian, plant-based, all that kind of stuff was not as popular as it is now. And so where you would go places, they would be like, I would go to McDonald's and I would get a Big Mac with no meat, you know, that, that well, would you be a special person, person when I was a yes. teenager that would ask for that, huh? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And then uh, yeah. burger King finally came out with the veggie burger, you know, something like that. Yeah. And then they would go on in there. And then, um, as I got older, like I still, I still didn't eat meat again, the, the taste for it. Um, went away after a while um, Mm -hmm. because people would always ask, don't you crave meat? And I was like, no, once you stop doing things for a while, you feel better. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause I lost, you know, um, probably about 15, 20 pounds just by stopping eating meat um, within a year's time. Um, And so, I mean, you know, as a teenage girl, you're like, oh, wow, you know, this is awesome. There's no way I'm gonna go back to that. So that was an incentive also um, but then, like you talked about, that we didn't learn a lot about nutrition in med school. I had actually finished residency, working in my first job as an attending in a private practice, and we have to keep up, you know, with uh, continual medical education credits. And so there was a nutrition conference that was being put on in Arizona, and mm-hmm. at the time I was living in Tennessee. I always wanted to live in Arizona. I saw that I was like, "Oh, you know, I can use this as a business business expense. I'm going to Arizona and I'm going to go to this conference." And there was a doctor there that said, "You cannot out-exercise a bad diet." I don't know why of everything that he said that stuck out to me the most. And initially, I didn't know what type of diet he was talking about because we were there for nutrition and I was just like, "Okay, I, um, it's all in the morning. I'm ready to go out, you know, to the sun and, you know, hang out in the pool." but i remember him saying that and then the more i uh, you know got in deeper he was talking about eating more whole food plant based because of the research that's there that actually can help prevent and or reverse chronic illnesses which was my goal in the first place as a 14 year old when i saw it on the scale that i didn't want the illnesses that um, my you know grandparents and aunts and uncles had so mm-hmm. that kind of helped transition me more into eating healthier, um, uh, actual, uh, food, even though not just being vegetarian, but actually being more plant-based. And it still took probably a couple of years after hearing him say that to transition fully. Um, and then seeing how dairy and eggs actually played, um, on my own body and how I felt, um, mm. cause I would, I would eat eggs and then chase it with a Coca-Cola. I mean, oh, I still wow. would love Coke. So, okay. <laughs> so I would still, um, see, and I was like, okay, listen to you, what your body's telling you. It doesn't like this food. Why are you continue to eat it? And then just give it more bad food and drinking Coca-Cola. So the, the same thing I did to wean my, get myself off meat. I did the same thing for soda. Cause I was an avid mm-hmm. Coke drinker all the way up until probably like 2016. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, so again, I did a little challenge for myself, see how long I could go without drinking it and still have not drank it to this day. But I tell people still, because of that craving that was there, every time I hear someone open a, a pop or a soda, whatever, wherever part of the country you're in, mm-hmm. um, you hear that from that first click from that carbonation, <laughs> it still takes me back <laughs> drinking Coke. <laughs> I, I could see that. I could totally see that. <laughs> So, so yeah, so transitioning there, it was just, it's still, it's just, you know, happenstance, you know, things that are just in my path that I'm just continuing on. And, you know, the better, you, but the better I feel, the more, I you know, just want to keep diving deeper. And, and then, you know, other people ask about it, um, which go back to the patients. They're like, I don't want this medication. It has a side effect. Yeah. What else could I do? And I was like, oh, well, you know, I've learned, you know, this for myself. Maybe you'll be interested. And so that's how I started, you know, talking to patients about it. Because I didn't do that initially. It was just for myself. I was just learning wow. this for my own my own resources. <laughs> that's, that is awesome. Absolutely awesome. You know what? You got me thinking, though. Let's
0: say that someone, uh, I'm piggybacking off of what you just said. Let's say someone mm-hmm. wanted to uh, do the plant-based lifestyle, but you know, they live in a food desert. What are mm-hmm. some of the steps or maybe, I don't know, vegetables that they should try to grab, grab a hold of if, if possible?
1: Yeah. So the leafy greens, um, are, I would say the mainstay vegetable that you want okay. to go with. So okay. like uh, spinach, kale, um, stuff like that, uh, okay. collard greens. Um, <clears throat> um, cause they have so many nutrient packed things there. Um, they help with blood pressure, diabetes, um, mm-hmm. all sorts of things. So, um, if we look at, um, like the actual plant-based food pyramid, the, the leafy greens are that one at the bottom, that's the biggest category of mm-hmm. foods to eat. Um, <clears throat> so that's what I'll tell people to start with. And then always have a plan for your food because people are like, well, I don't want to waste food. Uh, you know, fresh produce goes bad so quickly. Yeah. So you would go, you would buy it, you know, cook it and eat it, you know. So um, don't just let it sit there for a week or two while you decide what you're going to do. Have a plan before you go buy it. And yeah. the simplest thing is just, you know, like steaming or boiling kale. Like uh, uh, that's what I do. I just take some vegetable broth and some seasoning and and put the kale in there and then mm-hmm. just cook it up. Oh, without yeah. like the ham hock or the turkey leg or something like that, mm-hmm. that people feel like they have to use to, um, season their, their greens, but, um, they definitely can do it without it. Um, so, so that, that's what I would say. Try, try those things first. Okay. And, and, and I, I, I can't
0: attest <laughs> to it. I, I, when we do have our greens, I, I'm being honest, I, I'll have like a piece of chicken, but I don't make it a part of the greens. You're right. You can have greens without very seasoned greens, without the, you know, the ham hock, which I've never been a fan of. Uh, maybe I just got to slowly yes. off the little chicken, but you know, whatever.
1: <laughs> it is, steps, it is. Baby steps. Baby That's it. That's it. And, and that's too, when I try to tell people that you don't have to go like 100% just moving along the spectrum, going away from being 100% meat to 100% uh, uh, plant-based. Just moving closer and closer to plant-based will decrease your risk and get your body a lot better. Um, so just like I said, baby steps, just move, start to move along that spectrum and, and, and it'll be better.
0: So what kind of benefits can you expect to receive from a plant based diet? Like, is it just re- reducing stress, sleeping better? Like, what kind of benefits can you expect?
1: So, uh, I would start with the cardiovascular. Since cardiovascular is the number one uh, killer in the US, basically uh, heart disease, um, it actually can decrease the amount of plaque buildup, help to reverse that, decrease your blood pressure. Um, so those are the most important things there. It can actually uh, better control your diabetes and even reverse your diabetes. Because for I should say, these are type two um, diabetics. So ones that's more okay. related to nutrition, the adults. But um, the heart disease, diabetes, high blood pressure, um, kidney disease, um, all, all those are linked really to nutrition, or I should say a high amount of leak to nutrition. And if you actually change what you're putting in your body, decrease the inflammation, decrease the cholesterol buildup, um, you actually will see uh, your body starts to heal itself and start to reverse those things. Um, It's also been shown to help decrease and even um, prevent the um, uh, progression of certain type of cancers, especially Uh, breast cancer, and prostate cancer, um, and colorectal cancer. Colorectal cancer is uh, highly linked to um, meat eaters. Um, So just actually eating more fiber, which are only found in plants, you'll definitely see those changes. So those are, you know, things that would kill you um that you would want to necessarily try to change but weight loss like i said that that's what got me initially was the weight loss benefit that you would get and like i said just from stop eating meat even though i was still eating like a big mac with no meat because i left the meat off i still was able to lose weight right because there's there's less calories in your actual um more plant-based food so even even bread is you know plant-based is maybe not the best one to just transition to but um it still it still would be more nutrients in there um for most of them than you know just eating you know a piece of beef that's mostly uh protein and fat um without any other really fiber or nutrients in there
0: um, i got to ask you this so <clears throat> a lot of people and again there's so much noise out there right so mm-hmm. a lot of folks that are typically against all plant-based diets, one of the first things they'll state is where you're getting the amount of your protein that you Mm -hmm. would normally get from meat. So what would you say to that?
1: (laughs) Uh, I love this question. I guess, uh, like I have uh, two shirts um, that I would wear. One would be like, keep calm, plants have protein. That's one of them. (laughs) And the next one is uh, vegan. In a definition, getting asked twelve times a day where I get my protein from.
0: Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I'm I'm, the, I'm number thirteen, but you know I was gonna ask.
1: <laughs> I know that, and that's why the shirts are so popular because we get this question all the time because we think about that. So mm-hmm. yes, meat is a great source of protein, but at what it, what cost? Um, so okay. are we are we willing to have? protein that our body definitely needs but then we get the fat and the cholesterol that's going to cause us heart disease and diabetes and cancer right or can we get you know beans which have fiber and protein and uh all these other micronutrients in there um that your body can use in more ways than if you just eat a piece of beef or chicken right Mm -hmm. um so you, you have the protein, um, the plants, um, will give you all that you need, um, with the protein. Um, it's just not, um, you know, pure protein. Like when I say pure, meaning that it's just not, like just protein, just like a piece of beef. Um, it has other things in there. And so you would want those other things actually help you to prevent those illnesses that can come into your body. Um, and fiber is, very what we're most of us are not eating enough of anyway so if you just eat a meat-based diet you're not really getting the fiber that your body needs which is why they may think that it meat eating meat is more um, uh, related to colon cancer Mm -hmm. so you need that fiber there but you can get plenty of protein in eating just plants you don't even have to do the plant-based substitutes um, which are big now Um, like I said, you can eat beans, legumes, greens. Um, they have protein in there. Mm -hmm. Um, it just may not be, you know, a hundred grams of protein, (laughs) but it still has, you know, you know, five or six grams of protein. And if you eat, uh, those amounts and if you eat the amount of calories that come in a, a piece of steak versus kale and you eat, you know, how many, however many calories it would take to eat equal, um, steak, you get pretty close to the amount of protein um, that would come almost in a steak, so it would just be the 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 amount of the food that you eat. Um, I actually was doing a um, a nutrition um, plant based nutrition class um, with um, uh, Cornell E Cornell, and there was one thing in there about protein that really stuck out to me. Um, one protein, if you have too much, um, does increase your risk for cancer because it actually helps like turn over cells quicker. Um, which most mm-hmm. people are like. Oh, well, we want to, we want to grow, we want to build, you know, muscle. But that's not necessarily always a good thing because cancer cells are your normal cells that just continue to replicate out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> uh, but they said that. You know, an infant um, is the fasting, growing, growing human. So they need, you know, um, lots of, you know, protein and minerals and fat and all that kind of stuff in that growing phase. As an adult, we're not really growing anymore. We've, we've reached our, our maximum. Um, but the um, the perfect food for an infant is breast milk, right? Mm-hmm. And they said they actually studied breast milk, and it only contains about five to six percent protein. So if an infant that's growing that needs to replicate and you know uh, go grow to a human Ollie has in their perfect actual meal five to six percent of protein, why do we need as an adult 35% protein? And that that's another thing that stuck with me too. And I'm like, well, that makes sense. I don't have to you know, try to push myself to add all these extra protein powders and all that kind of stuff too, to see if I can get the 35% mm-hmm. protein um, when that may not necessarily be the case. Now, again, we need protein. It's an essential part sure. of uh, sure. uh, life, but we may not need as much as we think we need.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. You yeah. know what, uh, side note, what do you think about those protein powders? Because I actually had a... a <laughs> My mom and I both, we had uh taken a couple protein powders, had an allergic reaction to both. Mm. <laughs> um kind of curious. What are your thoughts on yeah. those powders?
1: So like, like you heard me say, I, I, did, I did eat them um, yeah. and that was something in my transition stage. But um, I, I guess that some people that it's a place for them because they're like they're trying to build muscle, do things like that. But you do have mm-hmm. to be careful. It is still a process thing. Yes. Um, I would still look at, um, you know, how it's actually made and who makes it, um, because not I won't say, you know, all of it's bad. Sure. Um, there, there's some there that, um, I would definitely like, um, garden of life was one that I, um, would, uh, actually, um, use. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they had more, um, plant pure type of things that they actually took the, um, the actual plant and just grinded it down, which I would say, okay, that's, that's pretty good. Um, but if you actually just mix the powder in like a, a smoothie, and drink that as your, you know, breakfast or something like that. I'm, I'm now a person that likes to chew my food. Like I like yeah. to chew that, you know, that yep. sends a you know, signal to my brain that I'm eating and then I will get full, help me to not overeat. So that's why I kind of steered away from doing that more because um, I didn't want to take in excess calories because that's an easy way to get in a lot of calories. Yep. Now I do have a, a, a patient that asked, you know, how can I gain weight? Because, you know, he was losing weight. So that would be a, a time I would say, oh, well, you may add in this protein powder, gotcha. a plant-based protein powder to get in more calories um, because you wouldn't necessarily fill your stomach up, um, but you would still get in a lot of uh, calories and nutrients that way.
0: Got it. Got it. Got it. All right. Thanks for allowing, entertaining my little tangent there. I was kind of <laughs> I I promise the next couple of questions are are more lighthearted, if you will. (laughs) If you could turn back the hands of time, what advice would you give to your younger self?
1: Mm -hmm. To keep doing what you're doing. Like um, there's so many times that I was discouraged Mm -hmm. um, and that This, what you're going through now is preparing you for what you're going to do. Um, I was a shy teenager, still um, introvert. So I like Mm -hmm. to keep to myself and just do things for yourself. But to know that you're building um, something that someone else actually needs to hear. Mm -hmm. um, And that even though people are looking at you strange, (laughs) Mm -hmm. because you ask for a big bag with no meat and wonder. Um if this life is really for you, um, that it is, and you just gotta keep pushing and keep going because someone needs to hear your voice, you know, in 10, 20 years. Cause that's awesome. I love that yeah, yeah. I as a 14-year-old, I would I wouldn't have believed that. Like nobody's gonna listen to me. Nobody even hardly talks to me. That's that's what I was thinking at that age. So
0: Aww. yeah. That's awesome. I love that. I love that so much. <clears throat> All right, so This is crazy. 2023, right around the corner, right? Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. (laughs) If you had to choose one word to represent your goals for this year, what would it be and why? Oh,
1: that's a good one. Let's see. I would say persistence. I was like, but that just just keeps coming to my mind no matter what else I want to try to think. Okay. And it's, um, again, because I am a person that likes to stick to myself to actually continue to, um, to push and to get this word out there about plant-based nutrition, even though, like I said, I can learn all this and just use it for myself and I'll be perfectly happy, but I don't think that's what, um, this life, um, that, you know, God put me here for, Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually here to actually be that uh mouthpiece. Um, and I even though it seems too much out of my comfort zone, I have to continue to persist to seek out, you know, uh podcasts like yours and um speaking engagement so people can actually hear and learn and just hear that it is possible. Um Definitely. Definitely. It would be, because like I said, I I I just can lay on the beach and be happy perfectly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give <it> to myself. <laughs> I completely <So>. uh, <laughs> relate to that. Cause I, I, I don't know.
0: I'm like a blend of introvert extrovert. I don't know what I am, but, but I am perfectly happy being by myself as well. Just chilling. Yes. But, yes. But, but I, it, I knew God had put something in me too where I needed to mm-hmm. connect with more folks like yourself. So that yeah. is the reasons why I really, uh, you know, why I'm doing this podcast. So yeah, yes. no, I completely understand where you're coming from. And I love the fact that you said persistence. I like that a lot. I do. Yes. I do. yes. So last but not least, what's the best piece of advice you have for people who desire to live a healthy lifestyle?
1: Uh, I would say you cannot out-exercise a bad diet. <laughs> I mean, that that's, that's my goal. Okay. Um, be, because I, I hear so me there many for a little bit there, you, but all right, yeah. <laughs> I know because because I hear so many people like when um, like exercise, like I said, is good, yeah, but if the nutrition piece is not there, it's true. You may yep. you may lose the weight, but you're not getting to the root of the issue. Mm. Again, I, I got that goes back to like I said, me and the chronic illnesses thing. Like, it, if we don't get rid of that, because you see, even. Like, you know, the big time trainer that now I think does a commercial for, you know, a blood thinner that said, you know, he was in shape, but then he still had a heart attack. Mm. So I'm just like, that actually goes to what the doctor was saying. You cannot out exercise a bad diet. Um, so that's what I'll tell people to use that as inspiration and to know that um to give yourself grace along the way um that um we have to, you know, eat to live. But we don't have to eat to die, so yeah. so that that that's 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 what I say. And just yeah. I'll just continue to encourage them like i'm 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 cheering for you, um, everyone, and definitely <laughs> try to find a position that you know you can team up with partnership because um, that's going to be key to long-term health for you all too.
0: Absolutely. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I truly, truly appreciate it. If yes. if people want to connect with you, how can they go about doing so?
1: Yeah, so I have a website, it's dramandamd.com. Um, you can connect me with there. Um, also have uh, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, Dr. Amanda Atkins, and it's spelled A D as and Dog K-I-N S not to be confused with the other Atkins because we we're total yep. opposites of <laughs> what we would actually say to each. Yeah, <laughs> That is so true. <laughs> that's it, that's it. Yeah, I was like, I didn't think about that till, um, uh someone mentioned it. I was like, oh no, I'm not I'm not that Atkins. I'm not that Atkins. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I had
0: to laugh when you said that because I'm like, yep, because uh, a lot
1: of people would <laughs> pick the other one. And it's like, nope,
0: nope, nope. <laughs> Totally opposite. So.
1: <laughs> totally opposite. Yes, oh, ma'am.
0: And all of that information is going to be on the Hustle and Faith website. So once again, Amanda, I want to thank you so much for coming on to the show. I truly appreciate it. Thank you so much. I enjoyed talking to you today. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy listening to Hustle and Faith and would like to support the show, please consider sharing it with your friends, rate or leave a review, Donate or make a purchase at Starring You Crew, our fitness apparel shop. Remember, if you're everything to everyone, then risk being no one. You never know who you will inspire. See you in the next episode. For additional content from Hustle & Faith, check out our plan on the Uversion Bible app titled, What Film is Playing on Your Screen?